afternoon. This is WVEWLP, Brattleboro 107.7 FM, your community radio station, also streaming live online at WVEW.org. This is Indigo Radio, deepening understanding, making connections, streaming at noon on Sundays. Um, And we are a group of educators seeking to learn through engaging with others in our community and throughout the world. Today, we have um, three people in the studio. We have Henry Zacchini on the board, Becca Polk as one of the hosts, and myself, Nina Kunimoto, also a host. And today's topic is Yemen. Um, I'm not many people are talking about Yemen right now, but there's a conflict that is fueled by Saudi Arabia and the United States um, and Britain that is taking place in Yemen. And we wanted to um, talk a little bit about that and also to interview um, a couple people, uh, one person from Yemen and um, one person who's living in Lebanon and working um, with the Syrian crisis. Um, And so... We'd like to start the show with a song by Ramallah Underground. In Arabic, the song is Sijin Ib Sijin, which is prison in a prison, which seems really appropriate um, to talk about Yemen as um, right now Yemen has been declared to be in a state of famine. Um, So Ramallah Underground, prison in a prison. ايوه هيك عم تحكي مع الناس العنف عندهم مقدس وين ما اروح بضل محبوس في هذا القفص ولا نفس هي كمان واحد القتل هي كمان واحد الحبس كمان واحد الخلع دبس شو اللي عم بيصير ما في تفسير مش شايف غير مسيل للدموع ممنوع اعمل اللي بدي اياه لازم انسى الحياه بتمنى بتمنى بس لازم ازبل الدنيا كلها صارت عنا ماذا استطيع صعب اكتب بكتر ما في مواضيع عم بضيع فكرته عن السلام بيعمل اللي بده اياه انت ضل كله كل شيء تمام عشو عم بشكي جبالي يطلع عمل غير اشي بدل ما طلعت هون حاس حالي ضعيف خليني اطلع بضل اعمل اشي تسجل في التاريخ ما انا هيك يا مقتول يا جريح رخصت السيارة وهويتك وين رايح من وين جاي شو قضيتك فقط حالك يخلصت هيني جيتك تعيش بدون حواجز مش حتى تحقق قليتك رخصت السيارة وهويتك وين رايح من وين جاي شو قضيتك فكرت حالك خلصت هيني جيتك تعيش بدون حواجز مش حتى تحقق قليتك انصرقنا من ارضنا بلدنا انغلبنا عحالنا انقلبنا اقنعونا وتدربنا نحمي اسرائيل من حالنا صرنا ممسوكين عساكر وين ما كان بسولي كل هاد لمين وين 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 الملايين وين الملايين اللي بدنا تحرر فلسطين قاعدين بشموا كوكايين وبيستغلوا الدين اتفاقيات مع مجرمين الجثث رميين لازم نعمل حركه هلا ما نستنى بدل ما انت قاعد جوا الشاشه عم تتفنى عصيان مدني شرطه صمت مدني جدار ما بكفي حطولي الجرثوم في بلدي اول باقي منها وسكروا لها تمها الحياه احتمى لا تمسك الزهر وفنها انظم جننها الانتفاضه ماكنها اجراس النضال نرنها I'm 
مياه أكبر مستهلكين للبضاعفة تدركون للحياة عدوك صار ورا الجدار انساه دوقوا في بعض هلأ والمقاوم بلاه 38 حاجز عن رب الله لحالها وجوا النقط تفتيش للسلطة وخيالها وسع وسع ممكن بده يمر والشعب يلز على الجدار ويفكر حاله حر فصائل بتضر وإسرائيل بتسر سياسيين بتطلع على التلفزيون وبتكر والأغلبية لا معهد ولا هداك واحد بيقتل في شعبه واحد بقى على الأعداء بيقول لك وضع استثنائي وهو استثناء كبرياء بتوف للكل فقراء واغنياء أسكياء واغبياء مذنبين وأبرياء شهداء وحياء Now, this is WBEWLP Brattleboro 107.7 FM, your community radio station. Uh, the views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host and the guests, not the radio station. And Indigo Radio, Deepening Understanding, Making Connections, we're on the air every Sunday at noon. You can also find us at Facebook, Indigo Radio. So we're here today talking about Yemen really wanting to bring it to the public attention, what's happening in Yemen, and also connected to the daily lives of people. And we have Amar Aklan, who's joining us on the phone today from DC. Amar came to SIT School for International Training, and he's now been working with a nonprofit in DC. Amar, can you hear us? Yes. Thank you so Hi, much Becca. for joining us. Hi, Amar. Thanks for having me. So we were wondering if you could just start out telling us where is Yemen and the general situation of what's happening. Well, yeah, Yemen is um, uh, in the southern part of the Arabian Peninsula. The Arabian Peninsula constitutes the Gulf countries uh, plus Yemen. Um, it's on a very important uh, sea uh, road that... Um, the, the Red Sea, and um, to the other side of the country is the Horn of Africa, just to give uh, a, a geographic look at the country. Um, what is happening in, in Yemen is that we had a, um, a president who ruled the country for 33 years. Um, you know, a lot of corruption, a lot of nepotism. Um, the country was uh, really like in, in a, a poverty uh, stricken situation and, and dire need of a, a change. So when the Arab Spring um, came, um, Yemen was one of the countries, uh, after Tunisia and Egypt, that um, took to the streets. And um, a particular city um, called Taiz uh, in the southeastern part of Yemen, where I come from, was the cradle of the Arab Spring in Yemen. Uh, so uh, young people and ordinary people went to the street demanding um, re resignation of the now Osset President Saleh, who actually violently responding to those demands. Uh, so since to, to 2011 to 2012, um, the Gulf countries introduced an initiative where, whereby he would uh, hand power to his vice president now uh, President Hadi, in 2012. So this happened, but he remained in the country, and Hadi sheepishly led a transition period um, where we had a national dialogue um, that included, I would say, it was, it was a, a really remarkable um, dialogue that brought uh, everybody to the table, including the, the now-fighting uh, Houthis, um, minorities, women. So we, we had a national dialogue that continued for um, several months. Um, and, and, and the results of that national dialogue were a new constitution called for election. And, um, you know, um, it was characterized by hope and conspiracy at the same time, I would say. Hope uh, from the people that believed they will have, you know, a new constitution and a, pre a new president. And conspiracy by the Osted 
Saleh, um, President Saleh, and uh, the Houthis. Saleh undermined the, the transition by cutting, you know, power supply, by obstructing the political process, and also forming an alliance with the Houthis. Um, and then, uh, you know, Houthis, who are mainly in the northern part of Yemen, started taking over at other cities. So I, I said in the beginning, uh, Hadi, who is the current president, sheepishly led that transition period because he was turning blind eye to um, what Saleh and Houthi were doing. So um, uh, fast, fast forward, um, you know, they, they were t- t- Houthis and Saleh were taking over cities from the, the very north part of Yemen down to the capital, where they also seized the capital, and um, that was September 2014. And um, they signed an agreement, which was called the Partnership uh, Agreement. But uh, they, the next day, they broke the same agreement with the president. Um, so fast forward, the, 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 uh, you know, the national dialogue was concluded, and we had a draft constitution, um, which was carried to the president. And the person who was carrying the president, I, I, I think um, he was a, a member of the uh, the, the National Dialogue, who is now the ambassador to Washington, D, to uh, the U.S., um, Ahmed bin Barak, was arrested by Houthis. And um, also, at the, same, at the same week, they put the whole government, including the, the president, under house arrest. Um, so after that, um, the, 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 they started going southward. So they took over cities. Um, down to my my own city in the southwestern part, Taiz, and then to the su- southern uh, city of Aden. Uh, it's a, it's a, a port city and a very important economic uh, city as well. Um, and 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 on March 2015, um, the Saudis decided uh, to uh, form an uh, an alliance, uh, not alliance. Um, it's called the. Um, uh, coalition mm-hmm. of um, international countries, m- m- mainly Muslim countries, um, to strike Houthis because of, uh, you know, the differences. A lot of people would characterize it as the Saudis are Sunnis and Houthis are Shias. Um, and also they, they, they just didn't want another uh, proxy for Iran in their borders. Um, are you still with me? Yes, yes, we're listening. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just like talking a lot. I, I, it's I great. Sure. Great background. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, this, this uh, uh, coalition started airstrikes suddenly without any um, warning, and they called it decisive storm. Um, they uh, hit infrastructure, bridges, schools, um, warehouses. At, at, at times, I would, I would say in the beginning, that was 2015. A lot of people were uh, supportive of um, the decisive storm and the coalition because they, like I would say, majority of people did not like the Houthi uh, rule and Houthi coup, what a lot of people would call it, mm-hmm. um, and, and also like uh, this Saleh-Houthi alliance. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were in favor of the decisive for uh, uh, storm and um, y- you know Saudi Arabia interference in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after three months. Yeah. Sorry, no, keep going. Sorry. Uh, after a few months, they were able to liberate the the port city of Aden, and a lot of people were hopeful and and they thought this is what is going to happen. They would uh, the coalition and the the president, the legitimate president, had me. Forces and the the for, the new the newly formed uh, popular resistance uh, would be able to drive the Houthi forces from their cities, mm-hmm. but that that wasn't the case um, in every city. They were able to do that in the southern cities of Aden and, and the neighboring cities, but once they they reached Taiz, my city, they they weren't able like to uh, do um, this. And I could like elaborate uh, later if if you'd like. Mm-hmm. But um, so since then, the, the situation continued airstrikes, ground fighting between Houthis and popular resistance uh, and uh, the legitimate army. Um, and 
you know, people, ordinary people have been bearing the brunt of uh, this war. Um, you know, airstrikes um, have killed a lot of civilians. Um, I, w- I would call it, I, I mean, since, um, I mean, half halfway through the war, the airstrikes started to be a lot more indiscriminate yeah. and um, targeting uh, civilian uh, places. Mm-hmm. Um, in, for example, the port city of Mocha, where uh, the Yemeni famous coffee used to be mm-hmm. shipped to the Western countries, and that hence the word Mocha come, come from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Amal Sabri is a citizen, a resident there, and she was describing an, an airstrike, um, an airstrike that killed 63 civilians. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, I mean, a very interesting description. She said uh, it was like something out of Judgment Day, corpses and heads scattered uh, and engulfed by fire and ashes. And I've seen, like, videos of that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, another, another friend of mine, her name is Amani, um, describes the Houthi blockade, and that's on the other side. So the airstrikes are by Saudis, but also Houthis are doing horrible and, 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 and you know, like, unimaginable things to the people of Taiz mm-hmm. and other, other cities across the country. So they, they imposed a blockade on the city, and my friend, um, who is the mother of a one-year-old uh, child, uh, describes to me uh, the miles she would go to get a, a, a child milk because she cannot, like, feed him mm-hmm. naturally because of the lack of nutrition. Mm-hmm. She, she would, like, go miles in order to get that uh, nutrition. And also, like, when people um, go outside of the city to get vegetables, to get water, and they want to get back in into the city, Houthis will um, really, like... Um, um, I'm, I'm like lacking the word to describe it, but they would, um, you know, discredit uh, their dignity. Okay. Um, they would throw their vegetables on the floor and they would step on them. They would piss on the, uh, the water tanks. Um, so I feel like people have been bearing, bearing all this uh, horrible, horrible situation mm-hmm. on their shoulders mm-hmm. while we have Saudi Arabia and Houthis continue to, to like... Um, you know, destroy the infrastructure, destroy people's people's ability to, like, you know, uh, live peacefully. And it sounds like people are just really caught in between this Saudi, U.S.-backed Saudi attack and the Houthis. But could you tell um, the listeners uh, a little bit about who the Houthis are? Mm-hmm. Great, great question. So Houthis are a branch, um, not a branch, I-, I would say Houthis are a a group of uh, armed militias, uh, mainly in the northern part of Yemen, mm-hmm. they are uh, they belong to the Shia school of Islam, um, and they were educated and trained in uh, Iran and Lebanon, uh, Hezbollah Lebanon. Mm-hmm. They are a miniature picture of Hezbollah in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so uh, they claim that they have the right to rule mm-hmm. just because they are descendants or like their leaders are descendants of the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and hence they have this uh, godly, divine right to rule the people. Mm. A lot of people in Yemen do not believe in that. A lot of people in Yemen are very educated, mm-hmm. uh, very liberal, and, and, like, they don't believe in this. They believe in democracy. They believe in elections. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want it, like, that to happen uh, after the national dialogue. And when you say most of those people, are you, and I'm just curious, like, are you kind of delineating between northern Yemen and southern Yemen? Because the Houthis come from northern Yemen, and, mm-hmm. and southern Yemen has a bit of a, had a different trajectory, I think, from northern Yemen. And I wondered if who you were talking about, more educated, are in southern Yemen, or, or I could be wrong. And you're from southern Yemen, is that correct? Yeah, south, mm-hmm. southwestern. Yeah. We, administratively, we, we, we follow the north. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Since 1990. Uh, so let, let, me, let me just divide, divide the country into, uh, uh, you know, we have the western part, which is the largest land, 
um, and, and that's mostly desert and a, a lot of the oil, a lot of the gas is there. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely, um, you know, the scent for Houthis and their presence. Mm-hmm. We have the, the, west, the, the so- southern part where my, my own city is located in, and that's, again, um, there is some, um, you know, pockets of uh, support for Houthis, but it's not the majority. Um, and you have the eastern part, which is uh, mainly agricultural, and I would say um, I would say a lot of people there are um, have have been like uh, subdued, and um, you know they're, they're not they they don't care who rules they don't care as long as like they have access to their everyday life mm-hmm. they don't care who um, who rules. And then you have the northern part, which is not all with Houthis. Houthis come from the north northern part, mm-hmm. so they are bordering with Saudi Arabia okay. in in the northern part. So they're not the the whole north, but they're the 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 far north of the north. Okay. Um, and so and so they're not like in the like the the Shia constitute twenty five percent of the population in Yemen, uh-huh. and the uh, Houthis are. Uh, you know, a small part of that 25%. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, We need to take a little bit of a break, a a song break. Um, And, but if you could stay on the line with us, we have a a couple more questions for you. Um, So uh, we're going to take a, a a song break and we're going to play a song called Hamdulillah, which is a song Mm -hmm. by an Iraqi artist, um, Yassin Al-Salman, featuring um, Nadia Mansour, who is a British-Palestinian artist. Um, And the song is partially in English because um, Yassin Al-Salman is living in the United States and was educated in the United States. Um, But it portrays Muslims across the world, including the United States. And the song really is in response to the American propaganda and recent violence against Muslims. And here is Hamdulillah. When I miss Falah, then wish to God and clouds to lift us all. Alhamdulillah. I wonder if Bibi can ever see me. And if I go back to Basra, will it ever receive me? Bismillah. Homies that have the time to talk. Now I wish for stars that angels find a walk. Alhamdulillah. I stand all at the strength of my sister. Kiss her and thank God. Our mission is planned for. Bismillah. Mom, the best one. Hold her close to heart like my left hand. For the truth in a being is beaming as the moon queen. You Bless my future to be with Bismillah For the soul's anguish, love In the moment my brothers program these drums Alhamdulillah We put the truth to the test Proof that we bless students of this music at best to go Militants try to split this law. Alhamdulillah. For every living day that we spent in the rays of the champs, while we praise the condemned. Bismillah. Wish I could take it back and lift the harm. Make a track, erase the past that we missing. Alhamdulillah. He spoke so right, we listen wrong. Living wrong more than a living song. Give it Bismillah. All. So I don't rely on an image or man made divisions for land, slave, prison. Alhamdulillah. Excuse me if I use it loosely. Forget to bow down and pray. How proud of they hope you hear the whispers then that's which stand should i sway betray my whispers forever hope this lasts and we live class Without a ball in 
the chain, the slave falling in claim. Bismillah, we're forever holding the peace. Wicked streets, crippled little beans, swimming through the middle. Alhamdulillah, may God bless the dead and gone. Forever strong, a better song, breaking bitter bonds. Alhamdulillah, for this world and this spot, to this song with these words for hip hop. Say Alhamdulillah, stay humble and rhymes for eyes. Hate your hunger, it's like a jungle sometimes that makes you wonder. So we're back with WBEWLP Brattleboro 107.7 FM, your community radio station. This is Indigo Radio, deepening understanding and making connections on the air every Sunday at noon. You can also find us at Facebook. We are talking with Amar Aklan, who's from Yemen. He's currently working in D.C. at a nonprofit. And um, we just wanted to continue, Amar, you, are you there with us? Yes, I am. Okay, great. We just wanted to continue thinking about um, how a lot of with the, the recent attacks in Manchester and people around the world know about Europeans and people from the U.S. when they're killed by attacks. And it seems very unjust. You know, the pictures are changed on Facebook when France is attacked or Brussels is attacked or Manchester. And we really just wanted to come back and hear more of the names and stories and faces of people who have been killed, not only by um, what's happening in Yemen for the past couple of years, but also more specifically by the Saudi air strikes that are financed and backed by the U.S. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. so uh, there are... uh hundreds and hundreds of, of stories out there. Um, I just mentioned about Amal Sabri, a resident of Mocha, uh, Port City, um, who witnessed the airstrike killing 63 uh, people. Um, also described the, the struggle that the civilians, um, you know, go through every single day in uh, my city, Taz. Um, I, yeah, my, my friend Amani, uh, who... Uh, you know, struggles to just, like, um, give the basic um, need of, um, you know, food and nutrition for her baby. Um, uh, you know, like, a lot of people are going through, um, you know, famine. Um, I just was reading a story um, in a neighboring village where a mother uh, committed, like, a family committed suicide uh, drinking poison. Uh, because they went hungry for days and they just don't want to go out and big and ask for food from other people. So um, the mom and two of her uh, kids um, just committed suicide, all of them at once. Um, stories of uh, women dying in the streets near the trash uh, cans um, because of hunger. Um, you know, like, it's, it's whatever I describe, I wouldn't come close to whatever uh, is happening in the country. That's just perpetuated by the ground fighting, uh, the blockade that Houthis are imposing, and also the, the larger blockade that Saudis, and um, I, I don't, I, I don't want to mainly focus on Saudis, Emirates, uh, United Arab Emirates, um, it's to the western uh, side of Saudi Arabia. A lot of people know Dubai. Mm-hmm. That, that's where it is. Um, is also a major, major player in the country, uh, hitting uh, civilian targets, uh, launching airstrikes, um, also perpetuating the struggle because they have some kind of uh, disagreement with the Muslim Brotherhood Party in the country. Um, and a lot of information is leaking from the... Emirati ambassador in Washington, D.C., I would say, 
this is a very interesting uh, story to follow, um, see their involvement in Yemen, Turkey, uh, and Syria. So um, just focusing on the, the stories of the people and their struggle, um, the airstrikes have hit um, water factories, um, snack factories, um, y- you know, like wedding parties, yeah. um, just n- normal, ordinary people gathering. Yeah, markets, markets in Marib, in um, different other cities in, in the country, they, they target like um, big markets where people like every Thursday or every, we have like the Thursday market, like here, farmer farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people come together and, and, sell, and sell goods. So these markets have been targeted by Saudi Arabia and, and scores of civilian deaths uh, have been recorded, recorded um, by Amnesty International and um, UN agencies. Mm-hmm. You know, and it sounds like um, with the blockades of the ports, both by the Houthis, but also by the Saudi-led coalition, that it, it sounds like it's a tactic of war that was used by the United States in in Iraq with the Mm -hmm. sanctions. It sounds very similar to that. Um, And I'm just wondering right now if you know who's in control of the majority of the ports in Yemen. If that's Um, clear or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's interesting to know. uh, Definitely, it's very hard to know the politics in in the Middle East in general and uh, in, in Yemen in particular, and in Syria as well. Um, so Saudi Arabia and Emirates are in control of the, the major ports in the country, but also both of them have, still have their differences. They still have their, difference, uh, their differences among themselves, and with Qatar, who is uh, a, support, a supporter of the Muslim Brotherhood, of, like a lot of people would say Qatar is a supporter of like, the popular resistance and the, the, like, the, the ordinary people of Yemen. So um, uh, Emirates and Saudi Arabia are in control. Hmm. Okay. And just the final question, Amar, with the recent deal, the U.S.-Saudi Arabia deal of weapons, nearly $110 billion (laughs) and $350 billion over the next 10 years, really, like, how do you think that's going to affect the people in Yemen? Um, It definitely is fueling... um, the war is perpetuating the suffering of the people. Um, Paul Rand uh, and Chris Morphy are two uh, senators who are who have been talking uh, about um, yeah these um, women women deals and how they affect uh, the the people in the country. Um, it's not only. Uh, arms deal it's also logistical intelligence and uh you know fueling of airplanes uh for the saudi uh, saudi and uh, saudi-led coalition um airplanes so i people just know and hear about uh american support for the war mm-hmm. uh, american drones uh on civilians in yemen yeah. and the, the recent uh, january 2017 um operation mm-hmm that took 30 civilian uh, lives uh, in Yemen while U.S. media here was focusing on the, the death of a Navy SEAL soldier, which I also like uh, feel sad that he died and I don't wish any person to die, mm-hmm. uh, but also like ignored 30 civilian people who were killed in that operation to retrieve important information that was not actually retrieved. Uh, including among these 30 people, nine children mm-hmm. um, who lost their lives um, just for that. I, what I'm trying to say is um, people just hear the name, the U.S. interference, the U.S. support mm-hmm. uh, for Saudis, the U.S. Um, uh, position to, towards the war. And um, it just undermines, at the same time, the U.S., um, for example, efforts for peace, also support for um, you know, um, ordinary people, uh, hungry people, poor people through USAID. Um, it just under, undermines that when people see the other side of the the coin, which is like killing, airstrikes, drones, and arm deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, for for me, something that's really important is the U.S. is 
funding Saudi Arabia supposedly to fight the war on terror. And if you could see, I'm putting war and terror in quotations. And what I guess, yeah. I guess the big um, flag that comes up for me is the, that Saudi Arabia was where most of the supposed terrorist organizations started and funded the, that attacked the United States during 9-11. I think 19 out of the 25 were from or trained in Saudi Arabia. And so I'm just wondering why the U.S. Um, is partners with Saudi Arabia in the war on terror. And I guess the big question, and, and I'm not sure if you can answer it or not, is what are the interests of the United States, both in humanitarian and military aid in Yemen? I don't think there is um, any interest other than the economics of war. It's just a good time to sell a lot of um, arms. And considering the recent number, the largest in the U.S. history, um, just, yeah, an ungodly amount of uh, money going to, uh, um, you know, arm, arm companies, uh, Lockheed and, and, and other co- companies. Um, so I think this is the, the, the main interest um, in, in selling, you know, in supporting Saudi Arabia. I don't think there is any other thing, like, any other any other reason they would support Saudi Arabia? Saudi Arabia is also like considered. Um, well, con- Congress wanted Saudi Arabia to to like um, pay. Um, I don't know what the word in English is, but compensations for the families for 9/11. So that's like a, a direct uh, accusation of uh, involvement in the 9/11 uh, attacks. So and and I like thinking about the seven countries that were banned from entering the United States. All of them are poor countries. All of them are, um, uh, you know, less powerful and, and not rich. Uh, Saudi Arabia, the, the one country that claims to be representing Islam, Saudi Arabia, the one country that is supporting uh, extremist ideology uh, across the world, everywhere that you can think of, um, they enjoy um, coming in and out anytime from any Western country you can think of. Um, so it's just, to me, it's like economics of war, profit, profit, profiteering out of, out of like the backs of, or like the corpses, I would say, of people, mm-hmm. and um, just like sheer hypocrisy. Yeah. Well, Amar, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. It was really um, informational, a lot of history and a lot of um, information that hopefully our listeners can take and uh, make some decisions about what we can do here in the u.s to support people in yemen and really Mm -hmm. i mean our our hearts are with you and your family and the other people in yemen today and and throughout until this ends yeah thank you so much Uh, i'm i'm just just final final word i i just want to thank you so much and uh, thank the brattleboro community for having me uh and being so welcoming uh that's where i call home and um uh, I, I just want to thank you so much for um, shedding the light on my country. Um, to the suffering of the of the country, I would say mainly, be, you know, because the Middle East is, is all like raging um, and not seeing the blight that the, the Yemeni people have been uh, bearing. So thank you for for your interest and for uh putting this window out there for people to, to like, listen to uh, the stories. Yeah. Thank you so much. We'll connect with you soon, Amar. Thank you. Appreciate it. So let's go for a music break. Um, And when we come back, we will, uh, Becca and I will talk a little bit more about U.S. involvement in, um, in Yemen, so you direct U.S. involvement in Yemen. Um, so we're going to play a song called Awa. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the group is called Awa. It's a Yemeni group uh, made up of three sisters. Um, their song is called Habib Galbi, which is sung in Arabic, and it went uh, to the top of the charts in Israel, which is really interesting because Israel recently proposed a law to downgrade the Arabic language. I don't know if that law passed or not. But here is Habib Galbi by Awa.
Wednesday's programming on WVEW is underwritten in part by Everyone's Books. Located in downtown Brattleboro at 25 Elliott Street, Everyone's Books is a family-owned, independent bookstore that has been serving the community for over 30 years. They specialize in books about social change, the environment, politics, and travel, and offer a huge range of children's books. You can reach them by phone at 802-254-8160 or online via their website at everyonesbks.com. WVEW thanks Everyone's Books for their support of this station. Welcome back. This is WVEWLP Brattleboro 107.7 FM, your community radio station, also streaming live online at WVEW.org. And you are listening to Indigo Radio. And our topic today is Yemen. Um, we just heard from Amar. And um, we are coming back in um, to talk about the U.S. and the U.S. involved direct involvement, which is nothing new in the world. Um in Yemen specifically, but um, just to give kind of a, 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 a survey of U.S. involvement, we'll start in the 1980s when um, the U.S. Um, supported the jihadi movements against the Soviets in Afghanistan. Many of the fighters came from Yemen. And then moving forward to October 2000, when USS Cole was bombed, the U.S. got more involved and it was in 2002 when drone strikes um, started in Yemen by the United States, targeting specific people, um, and basically they were they were assassinations, extrajudicial executions, um, and the most famous one was, um, or they're also called remote control killings, um, was authorized by Obama, uh, President Obama, when uh, he sent a drone in to kill a U.S. citizen, um, Anwar al-Awlaki, on September 30th, 2011, and his 16-year-old son, Abdul Rama, who was also a U.S. citizen, um, drones were sent in um, to assassinate them both and... Um, and the UN says that the US drone strikes have killed more civilians in Yemen than have Al Qaeda. Becca? Yeah, and I just wanted to mention briefly about uh, the cluster bombs right now that are um, part, that have been part of the arms deals in the US, even though the cluster bombs, which basically send out like shrapnel um, as they explode, and the biggest problem with them is that. Typically, they don't fully explode, um, so they leave landmine-like things in fields, and a lot of children are impacted. The cluster munitions monitor said civilians make up 27% of all the worldwide cluster bomb casualties, mostly used by uh, the U.S. and Saudi Arabia and Yemen, and as well as the Assad regime in Syria. And even though the in 2008... The, there was a treaty banning cluster bombs signed by 119 countries. The U.S., Russia, and Saudi Arabia did not sign on. Now, when the intercept went into Yemen to see who was where these cluster bombs were coming from, they found that the CBU-105 ammunitions are actually produced in our, one of our neighboring states, Rhode Island, by Textron Systems. And even though 20 months into the war, um, which has been considered an unlawful Saudi-led coalition with airstrikes and the U.S. Um, unlawfully backing them as well, these cluster bombs have continued to be used um, the, with public pressure. Supposedly, the United States is no longer manufacturing these, but the Pentagon still has a large stockpile of these CBU-105 ammunitions. And... Interestingly enough, Congress tried to pass a measure that would prohibit the export of these, and the Pentagon opposed this, saying that it would unfairly stigmatize the weapon. So they are still being used, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so, yeah, the U.S. has incredible... And we, we send in ground troops, actually. There were five uh, Navy SEAL troops just a, couple, a few weeks ago um, to, to target uh, al-Qaeda members, um, and we continue to send them. And in fact, under the Trump administration, sort of the ground troop 
um, presence is increasing. Um, and, and the Yemenis are, are suffering. A lot of civilians are suffering under, under these Navy SEAL attacks. Um, and as Amar said in, in January, that one, we, we know about it only because a U.S. soldier, oh, Mr. Owen, was, um, was killed. Um, but of course, we don't know the names of the other uh, the Yemenis who were killed. And that's a point, actually, that Jeremy Scahill and Glenn Greenwald brought up on Democracy Now! just in this last week, that, you know, immediately after the Manchester bombing, we knew the names of um, the children who had died in, in that attack, but we only know abstractions and numbers and not the names and the faces of those who we target in Yemen. So we're going to go now to an interview um, with Osama, who's a Palestinian activist currently living in Lebanon. All right, uh, we're having a bit of a technical difficulties. We um, interviewed Osama um, via Skype um, earlier today. Um, he lives in Lebanon, and so we're trying to figure out how to get, get him on the air. Um, and so he was going to talk uh, about sort of the connection, give us a sort of a regional context um, of Yemen and, of course, Syria, um, and Saudi Arabia, of course, we know that Saudi Arabia and Iran are sort of the major players um, in the region, both uh, Saudi being the major imperial power backed by the United States. Um, so Osama was going to give us a little uh, background and, and a regional context about that. Um, how are we doing there? All right. Uh, okay, so. All right, so we're going to um, go to a song. We have um, an Iranian artist, actually. Okay, we're not, because we got Osama. Okay, maybe we don't. All right. Um, we're going to go to song. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to uh, hear from Salome, who is a, um Iranian musician. She is a, a woman, um, uh, and she also uh, sings uh, with um, Split Second, who is an American artist, and her song is called Price of Freedom. And as soon as we get Osama up, and running um, on our machine, we will cut out and, and go to Osama. Show me. 
میشم میسازم آواز میشم دریا و صحرا میشم در فلک در خاک میشم چون متات تنهاییم تو این دنیا جا میشم بودم منم متنفر از بودنم خانواده بدوین دوستی یا دروغ بودن و we do have Osama um's interview ready to play so hopefully this works you know technical difficulties <laughs> um he Osama is a Palestinian activist currently living in Lebanon this country is located source like area which like uh, the west the south of uh, like the Arab Gulf uh, which like has been used for so long time as the way to for shipping and trade from Asia to Europe uh, so this is like the first interest then like because of the oil has been found in the Arab Gulf and especially south of Yemen so all the countries who has power in the region want to control this country based on like civil war and like has been divided since the uh, British uh, uh, colonized uh, this country. saying but uh, in reality it's just like the tools for creating the war using the religion to create the war more than it's like the real conflict the real conflict is like the economic who will control the resources of these countries uh, who will have the great influence in all and in the whole like region like there is a huge conflict about calling the Arab it's like the Arab Gulf or like the Iranian Gulf now uh, since like eight years so Iran in like one uh, like 15th century uh, there's like the Iranian uh, let's say people tried to somehow change the uh, religion which was the Islam to make it like Shiri uh, to try uh, neutralize themselves from the whole like let's say Khilafah, Osmani Khilafah at that point and have their state so they still keep like using this to neutralize themselves and not be like part of the huge let's say so they can establish their state and have their influence again as it was like uh, like hundreds years ago but after Islam they didn't have uh, that influence because mainly Islam is so connected to Arab uh, in the region and the Iranian are not Arab uh, so this was like the tools to uh, have their agreement to establish their state away from the let's say the normal uh, uh, Islam by creating other branch in it uh, and now this is like the kind of conflict that's happening now uh, it's again like what was happening between Saudi Arabia and Egypt uh, who will control Yemen now because it's Egypt it's so weak so Iran now is going uh, to be more strong in the area and the conflict became between Saudi Arabia and Iran and their alliances at the same one so both of them are trying to say that we are the, let's say, the strongest country in the area and the other countries in the world have to deal with us uh, in, uh, in case like they want to like have access to the oil and have access to the like the uh, shipping roads, the trade roads between Asia, Europe and the rest of the West. So... Um... For some reason, when we recorded that, it didn't record my voice asking questions, and it kind of cut in and out. So I'm going to try to do a quick summary, because I think the information that Osama had was really important. And Osama, we really apologize that the interview didn't work correctly. We'll try again better next time. But basically, um, I asked Osama to share with us, to try to contextualize Yemen in terms of the regional history and what he was saying is that people, there's literally been a struggle over who controls Yemen for about 300 years now. British colonized Yemen and divided up the country um, into different groups. 
uh, particularly the biggest effect that you still see today is the nor- between the North and the South. Um, and the goal, you know, I think Amar told us really well in the beginning that Yemen is situated in a very strategic place for the region from um, Africa into um, other Arab countries. And we know that Israel is right in that area too. So with the Suez Canal, that's a very important uh, place to control in terms of trade and in terms of goods coming in. Um, There's also oil. And so what Osama was just saying is that right now between Iran and Saudi Arabia, there's um, these big countries trying to control the most amount of oil that they can in the region. Um, And part of what was really important that Osama was sharing with me is that although the media says that this is a war between Sunnis and Shias, you know, um, Saudi Arabia being Sunni and Iran being Shia, that really this divide and conquer has been used to control and that the religious justifications are used to say this is a war between religions and it can't be solved until something someone else wins. Um, similar to Israel and Palestine, that the idea that it is a religious war. And Osama was really saying that's not the case. This is not a religious war. This is a war over who controls the ports, who controls the oil. And so I think that's really important for us to understand when thinking about why are people involved in Yemen? Mm-hmm. And the U.S. and U.S. imperialism and, and the U.S. taking over and wanting to be in that region, especially um, since sort of the, the, the I don't want to say fall, but just when the, the Soviet Union had, had backed, up, backed off in um, 1990, I think the U.S. went into the region um, wanting to claim that region because yeah. of the resources. yeah. And so to remember that in the context, I want to just leave listeners with that um, people, that the dire situation in Yemen today, that 7 billion people, million people, sorry. Yeah. 7 million people without the aid that they are being delivered will die. And so it's really important that we put pressure on um, the U.S. government to stop funding Saudi Arabia and to really lift the blockades and stop the airstrikes. That's like number one, stopping the airstrikes. And without the U.S., the Saudis couldn't do it. So, well, thank you for listening. Um, You've been listening to Indigo Radio, uh, streaming on Sundays. Come back next week, um, same place, same time, 12 o'clock, WVEWLP, Brattleboro 107.7. Thank you.